Um, what games do you want to talk about? Uh, Still got it. Yeah, you're you're listen, you're in mid-season form already. Still got it. Straight from the Straight Red Blacks, you are listening to Straight Red. I'm your host, Jeff Ross, and with me, as always, a man who said that if man were meant to fly, he'd have been born in the sky. Alex Kibler. (laughs) Alex, uh, I've been trying to figure this one out for a while. You know, do you mean like they would be birds, or or or, or the birthing process would happen in the air? What 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 is what is it you mean? Exactly? I imagine it would be difficult to give childbirth while airborne. I imagine that that would be difficult. Uh, you know, it's funny. This 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 statement is completely uh, false. But uh, I am someone who loves to like mix up my expressions, <laughs> and I get them wrong about seventy percent of the time. You know, wait, like, like kind of like you, a Ringo Starr type of thing. You know, he famously when, was like that. When you say you get them wrong 70% of the time, yeah. but before that you said you intentionally mess them up. No, no, I, not intentionally mess them the up. Time, does that mean 70% of the time they work, that they're correct? No, no, no. I, I don't intentionally mess them up. That's just how they come out. Like, I, I don't really have much say in the matter. My brain says, you're going to get this wrong, and then it's wrong. <laughs> That's essentially how it works, really. I want your brain to literally say, you're going to get this wrong, and then you go do a task. <laughs> uh, just, just every day, you have just negative That's my life. I don't, I don't know what your life is like, but that's what mine is like. Oh, man. Remember in but the you know pre-show also... when you were telling me it was other people's problem that you, you got fat once? No, that is not <laughs> what I said. I just said that if, uh... if you... People, you know, they give you compliments. Like, this started because I said that I got a haircut. And that before, it was get- my hair was really long, and I cut it off. And people at work were like, your haircut looks good. It looks way better. And I didn't say anything. And then I was like, so did it look bad for us? No, it looked kind of newscastery. And like I said, I don't think they meant that as a compliment. Like, I think they meant, like, you know, spray tan and ugly tie that kind of newscaster with like helmet hair. I think that's what they meant. Why did you assume that? Because that's what they meant. <laughs> did they say that's what they meant? No, but I'm pretty sure that's what they meant. I think we're assuming the worst of people, but you extended this to mean that during the brief period of time when you were 70 pounds fatter, that was other people's fault. No, I just wish you wish people will tell you if you look bad. People, are, I, you know, I'll admit, I'll admit to this. I don't always want people telling me if I look bad. There are just some days, like, listen, I don't need it. I don't need to hear about <laughs> it. I've got enough. I'm like, I'm haggard. I got, I got bags under my eyes. I've, I've got enough. I'm dealing with enough right now. Yeah, yeah, I okay. I don't need, I don't need the peanut gallery to tell me like, hey man, you look like garbage. 
even if it's me, even if it was me who said it, like, do you want me to tell you, you if you look bad? Hold on, hold on. You're the most likely person to say it. You're the well, yeah, absolutely most likely person. <laughs> I stayed at your home. Yeah, I did not I once drove... tell you you look bad. No, no, no. You didn't tell me I look bad. But when I like drove in uh, <laughs> in an emergency situation that took me almost six hours of driving mm-hmm. from Portland, Maine to to New York. The first thing you say to me is like, well, why did you drive? <laughs> I, I did. This, this is true. I, I opened the door to do this. I opened the first door. And the say. first thing I said was, why did you drive again? Oh, my God. Not even a hello. I didn't even get a cursory. No. But then I hugged you because, you know, I, bromance I is forever. I don't know if I appreciated any of this. Also, genders, you'll be very disappointed to know there's no craziness in the apartment. What were you assuming there was going to be? I thought I'd find some, like, secret stash of, like, a hidden child or something. <laughs> a child that I'm concealing from the world? Yeah, something crazy. Oh, I, or, or, or just a child that lives here that I'm unaware of. That'd be even better. Like, like Dixie's hiding a child? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's or that better. we're both, it just lives in the cabinets and we both don't know about it. But, like, you somehow oh, like have this relationship family. with it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like a like stowaway. <laughs> But I'd be there at the exact correct time to yeah. see the stone child. Yeah, I feel like that's uh, a, that, only, that should be a movie. What we're describing? No, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and uh, the best thing I saw was a a refrigerator magnet that just says, "I'm not gay. I just really love rainbows." Yeah, man. And like th- that's not that's not good enough to embarrass someone. I can't we're, work with that. We're we're. Uh... We're pro rainbows in this house, Jeff. I'd appreciate it if you would uh, get with the program. I refuse. <laughs> so, Alex, yeah. I was in New York yeah. for three days, yeah. but none of those three days is today. Yeah. So, like, you were here the three days before we record the podcast. It's very true. And now you're That's in Portland very- on Skype again. Yeah, I know. How well planned was this? And did, did I tell you that I'm also going to San Diego tomorrow? Yeah, you're a crazy person. That's probably true. It's probably very, very true. But there were some MLS games this weekend. There were two games in New York uh, City-ish, worth speaking about. Yeah, because there weren't. (laughs) Worth speaking about here. I want to start with, I think, the more profound of the two, which is Red Bulls nil, Sporting Kansas City 2. What do the Red Bulls have to do, Jeff, you brought it up in the pre-show. Finish. We were looking at the Supporter Shield standings. As of the time of this recording, the Supporter Shield standings, the two bottom teams in the Supporter Shield standings are Columbus Crew on two points and the New York Red Bulls on three points, which is .4 and .6 points per game. I did not see this coming. I don't think anybody saw it coming. Especially Columbus. Columbus has zero wins. Yeah, Columbus has no wins. Uh, the Red Bulls have one win and four losses. And they in their last five games, they've scored like one goal, I think, or something crazy like that. If you would have told me at the beginning of the season that five games into the season that uh, the Red Bulls had would have a minus seven goal differential, I'm not sure I would have believed you. 
And I, who, who would blame you? Who would blame you? But th- this this performance, this has got to be a cause for concern. You need Bradley Wright Phillips to finish, and it looks like he can't even buy a goal out No, and this is one of those games, and I, I do think it's worth at least watching the highlights of this just to see the amount of chances that the Red Bulls created. Um, they, they had far and away the lion's share of the possession. They, they, they created a ton of chances, but... They cannot finish a chance right now. No matter what they do, they cannot finish a chance. It's unbelievable. Literally, Bradley Wright Phillips could have had five or six goals in this match, and it finished. They finished with zero as a team. They have got to be including a penalty, themselves. including a penalty that got saved. It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable, but I do want to give some credit here to Sporting Kansas City yes. getting two goals away from home in an away win. They look dangerous, Alex. Well, they figured out how to win on the road. I, I think I think what you're going to see here, like if you look at the standings, uh, mm-hmm. you know they they're the only team I believe this season that has two away wins. Uh, they won at uh, the Red Bulls this past weekend, and they won at Seattle to open the season. Now that's obviously all of a sudden not looking like nearly as big of an ask as it did maybe last season. But that's still great away form. And I'll tell you, in the West, any points that you can get away from your home stadium, especially when you Mm -hmm. have such an amazing home field advantage like they do in Kansas City, any points that you can get away from that stadium, the better. Oh, much, much better. And Alex, let's just say it, and to any gingers we happen to have in the Midwest, we need to get to Children's Mercy Yeah, we need to go. We need to go. It looks fantastic on TV. The environment looks great. Uh, and, and I feel like I've never been to Kansas City. I just want to put this out It's a cool there. town. I like it there. I've been to St. Louis, never been to Kansas City. Uh, Alex just said it was a cool town. So, mm, no, that's not quite enough for me. I was going to say that was enough for me, but no, I, I need additional evidence. <laughs> yeah, I was say, but since when have you ever taken my word for anything? <laughs> uh, I hear they have great barbecue. Oh, yeah, go. man. We should make that happen. Sporting Kansas City, 12 points, five games. You've got to be happy if you're a sporting fan. I know there's one loss in there, but this is a great way to start the season. It really is. And and you're starting to see mature play out of guys like Dom Dwyer. The goal that Dom Dwyer scored in this match is one of those goals that you it's it's I guess what you would call a wily veteran goal. It was mm-hmm. very, you know, it was off a throw in. He sort of just turns his man, the ball bounces and he takes a very simple touch to score and it's just one of those things where you're taking advantage of a back line that is not as experienced as you. And it, it, yeah. if you can do that in the Western Conference, if you can get those goals that sort of come from nothing and you have the calmness and the, the patience to finish those goals, you're going to go a long way. I think, I think SKC is going to make a lot of noise this year. They absolutely are going to make a lot of noise. Now, I'm going to pose a question to you, Alex, in a moment. Yeah. But my thought is New York needs to get like a sports psychologist or something. Oh, out yes. Here because 100%. I think this is not a talent issue. I no. don't think it's the, the, the gentleman on the field. I think there's some sort of lack of belief going on. And if they don't have someone on staff, they should. I'm not saying it facetiously. I'm being very, very serious that they should get someone to talk to these people. But, Alex... You're in charge of the New York Red Bulls. What needs to happen right now? Uh, well, besides bringing in a sports psychologist, uh, I think the the message from Jesse Marsh needs to actually maybe to be to calm it down a little bit. And what I mean is, mm-hmm. I get the sense that everything that they practice, the athleticism and the pace and the tenaciousness that they played, excuse me, tenacity that they played with last season, mm-hmm. to, with such great success. All of a sudden now is starting to look a little bit more like um, 
urgency and apprehension and you know there's certainly the work rate is there but i feel like they're overcomplicating things because of the work rate they just need to say hey let's just chill out a second brother right phillips you've had about five sitters that you've missed just Mm -hmm. chill out for a second but I do think this this reeks of a team that once the goals start going in, they're going to start pouring in. I, they're certainly creating the chances that they need to create. And I want to take us to another game that, well, I'll just say this Houston-Seattle, and Seattle's had a, a yeah. lot of issues here early in the season. We're looking at 1-1, 1-1 draw, <laughs> Houston. Did v, you see the, the highlights from this game, Jeff, or did you watch any of this? I have not if you seen the highlights of this game. If you haven't seen the Giles Barnes goal, it's it's probably the funniest goal that you might see this year. So Houston, okay, you 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 keep talking, and I will look up this goal. Houston right now. has a throw in in the attacking third. Giles Barnes has been running all the way down the pitch, and he sort of takes a break, and he's like chilling, he's like walking, and he looks kind of bored. And they throw the ball to him, and he turns around, and he's like, oh, the ball's here. And he sort of just does this little flick thing with his foot, and he scores this wonder goal out of nothing. And it hits the side netting. It's hilarious. He had no oh, wow. he had no intentions of scoring that goal. He's like, oh, I guess I'll kick it. And then the ball goes in the side netting. And it's just like, it's probably goal of the week. It's ridiculous. You know, they all count the same. They all count the same. There <laughs> are no all... pictures on the scorecard. Exactly. They That's what my all... grandfather used to tell me about golf. Um you know it's that's that's now here's the thing though they gave up the 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 winning goal about three and a half minutes into three minutes worth of stoppage time and that no matter what happens that's got to be absolutely heartbreaking it really does Um, it really does because if they had won this uh, i would have at least temporarily moved them above the infamous red line in the west uh for houston (laughs) Obviously, we're very early in the season. I don't know how much stock you want to put into any of this. But I do have to give credit to Seattle for keeping the fight. Yeah. You can come in late in the game. But again, Seattle, what needs to happen there? What's going on? They should be, they should be doing better than they are. They only have one win, four points, five matches. I, I think part of it is that they don't yet know how to get – the most out of the combination of Morris and Dempsey. I think for me, the 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 puzzle that, that that's the elephant in the room that needs to be solved is how do you get these two on the same page to where they both can play to their strengths? Um, you know, they play fairly different styles of soccer. Morris is, and I mean this in, in a positive light, despite what I may have said in the past. Morris reminds me a lot of a young Josie, where athleticism is his is his trademark and and he he's very explosive player and Dempsey might have been that at one point but he's he's made you know his last five years worth of wages on back heels and flicks and you know little trickerations that he can do inside the 18 yard box so I think it's it's going to be how they get the most out of those two playing with each other is going to dictate how well this season goes. And I think Morris, for what it's worth, had a good game, but it's just a matter of you, you, you've got to figure out how to get those two involved as much as possible. I like the invention of the word trickeration. 
It was very, very nice. Thank you. This is a team that was not prepared for losing Oba Femi Martins, and I think we're still seeing that. So it's in an adjustment period. I understand that Seattle Sounders fans demand a lot, and I understand why. A lot of money has been spent, but it's probably going to take a little bit to sort of figure out how are we going to play now that we lost a key component to our offense. Mm -hmm. But. I wouldn't quite panic. I wouldn't quite panic if I was a Seattle fan. No, and here's the thing. Certainly going into Houston to get a, you know, trying to get a result is not easy. And they need to be pleased. They should be pleased with the fact that they got a point down in, in you know, Houston. So certainly take, take the result that you, re- that you achieved. But, you know, you cannot count on defenders' goals in the 94th minute of stoppage time to get you your results on the road oh. in the West. You need to do better than no. that. No, and, and it's also not going to be Ch- uh, Chad Marshall every time. No, <laughs> that's you know, not going to happen. You're not going to get a center back bailing you out in the 94th minute every time. Let's, let's just no. play it, let's say it like it is here. So no. I think if, if you're Seattle, certainly you're not, you shouldn't be panicking, but you also realize that you, you need to get some work done. You, there's some changes that need to happen, and you need to, to learn very quickly how mm-hmm. to best use the talent that you have on this team. Because you have talent. That's the thing that's got to be frustrating if you're a Seattle fan, is that you know Jordan Morris has talent. You know Clint Dempsey has talent. Figuring out how they're going to play together, I think, might be the storyline of the season in terms of players in, in MLS this year. Because it's a matter of, if, if those two can figure it out, if, if Seattle's attack can get back to where they were... Seattle's mm-hmm. going to win some matches because they're 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 playing pretty well defensively. So it's 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 really going to be about how do you get the most out of this attack and where does a guy like Andreas Evenschitz and Aaron Kovar fit into this? Because they they certainly have a, a role to play, but you're not getting what you need to out of Deuce. You're just not, and you need to get more out of Morris and more out of Dempsey. Very very true. Let's go to the Great White North for a moment. Yeah, man. To your favorite city that's not in France but looks like it is, Montreal. <laughs> I'm not sure that Quebecois will be very approving of that statement. Will but they not be? Listen, I don't know. I, I can't do they keep like caring France? about Canadians. Wait, it's did, too hard. I have a serious question. Do people in Quebec yeah. like France? I assume that they do. do but, but like, I thought that like Canada was a part of England. Like that, that the Queen was part of their. I believe French Canada likes France likes more. France. You would assume that that would be the case. This is what I'm going with. But you know what? I can't care enough about Canada because I don't. Yeah. I'm still not convinced it's a country. All I have to say is more people live in the state of California than the nation of Canada. All right? Wrap your mind around that. Montreal, too. God bless America. (laughs) Columbus Crew Nil. Columbus Nil. Columbus Nil. Thoughts, Alex? Well, I, I think... Scotland... Yeah, baby. Rangers up. Um, I think I think that there's a lot of things you can take away from this game. I think one of which needs to be the fact that if you ever doubted that artificial turf provides a home field advantage to a home team that's not used to playing on turf, here's your example. Kai Kamara had a very early chance that should have been a goal, and on a grass surface, the bounce would have afforded him a goal. He wasn't prepared for the bounce. He skied the ball over when it was a fairly simple finish. Uh, you know, you have a home field advantage whether you realize it or not. Any team that plays on turf that goes for Seattle, that goes for New England, that goes for Montreal. Um, I'll also say this: I think that you're seeing a team right now in Columbus who's being outworked routinely by the teams that they're playing. 
I think if you look at both of these goals, it was simply Montreal out-efforting Columbus. And I'm still confused by that. You know, I still am. Is it? Do you think I'll, it might be to do like they? You know, certainly they were the 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 popular choice out of the East going into last year's playoffs, and they sort of felt like they had arrived. Do you think maybe it's sort of a a sense of entitlement that they're feeling, and they feel like they don't have to work hard to beat some of these teams in the East, like Montreal, who struggled most of last season? Perhaps, perhaps it's an MLS Cup hangover because we're seeing this happen with Portland as well. Certainly, where by getting that far, in Portland's case, winning the whole thing, perhaps you feel like, uh, you know, I've done it. I don't need to try as hard. I've already proven myself. Perhaps, and I can't prove this, that the fact that other teams had longer off-seasons was somehow advantageous to them, either getting better players in the off-season or being able to get back to training earlier. Maybe something going on there. But I think, and I hate to say it, I think you're right. I think it's a mental thing. I think it is, too. I think they underestimated a lot of this competition, overestimated their own skill, forgot, at least temporarily, that MLS is a parity league. The worst team can become the best team next season without doing all that much. You get like one or two players, the whole situation turns around. And let's, lest we forget, I almost messed it up. I don't usually say it. That's why. No, it's my thing, yeah. Montreal was turning it around in the latter half of the season last year. They were getting better. Yeah. And I think that's just continued into the new season. This isn't like all of a sudden they learn how to play. Um, Once Drogba got there, and more importantly, once they fired their coach, the whole situation turned around. I think think something to keep in mind as well is that, you know, last year if we were looking at you know this. I'm just going to read off a schedule to you for Columbus coming up. Uh, at home against New York City, mm-hmm. uh, at home against Houston, away against Seattle, at home against Montreal, at home against Colorado, away at Toronto, at home against Real Salt Lake, away at Philly. That's the next six games that they have, or seven. You know, last season, if we were talking about Columbus Crew, especially in the middle of the season when they were playing so well. If you were to look at this, you'd say, oh, yeah, they're probably going to get 10 points out of that, maybe 11, maybe 12, 13. And right now, besides my beloved New York City, who frankly are creating pretty well, they just can't finish. Mm -hmm. And besides a trip to to Toronto, who are abysmal on the road, but at home are actually, I'm expecting to be, you know, pretty good because of the home field advantage. All of a sudden, I don't see easy penciled in wins for any of these games. I mean, I can't pencil in wins when they haven't had a win. Yeah, like all of a sudden you're like, boy, that New York City game—they're gonna—they're gonna have a fight on their hands, you know. Whereas last season, I'd have been like, oh yeah, we're gonna get destroyed if you're a New York City fan. So for me, I—I I think they need—they need to—they to, need to beat New York City this this coming weekend just to give themselves some self confidence because they don't look like they're playing with any confidence. They don't look like they're playing with any with any determination. They look as if. As if they don't need to try perfectly hard at all to to get a result, and they clearly are not getting the results they need to get. Oh, not at all. And it, it, it's disappointing because, as you know, for just one season, I was riding the hashtag New Crew bandwagon, and I think what happened here, ever since I switched to Sporting Kansas City, is I am good luck. It's the curse of Jeff. 
Oh, no, no, no. It's the gift. When you're chosen. Oh, the gift of Jeff. Yes. When you're chosen, that's when Hashtag the glory gift is bestowed upon you. <laughs> gift of Jeff. So Sporting Kansas City is going to make it to the MLS Cup Final. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's the gift which of Jeff. Did, it's the, the, the gift that keeps on giving. What hmm? team did you pick? What you do you mean what team one? did I pick? Because I picked a team in the Western Conference. Oh, that was going to go to the MLS Cup Final? No, no. Who was the team you were going to pick for the whole season? Uh, I think I said Montreal. We're doing really good. <laughs> we're doing Listen, we're geniuses. really good. We're geniuses. I think, oh, all, but I also remember speaking a lot about SKC. I think SKC is going to be tough to handle for a lot of teams this year. And I think I think Montreal is going to surprise a lot of people. And I think Montreal is going to have a great season. I think Philadelphia is going to have a great season. Let me just quickly go through some of these other scores uh, mm-hmm. over the weekend for you guys. Philadelphia 2, Orlando City 1. Philadelphia, let me make sure I'm, I'm speaking the truth when I say this, mm-hmm. but like Philadelphia has three wins, mm-hmm. one, one of them at Columbus... Mm-hmm. Philadelphia all of a sudden is in a t- tremendous position, and they're starting to, st- I think, maybe to believe that they can actually win some games this year. I think Philadelphia, a confident Philadelphia, is almost maybe a lock in the Eastern Conference to get to the playoffs. It might be too early to say that, but I think a confident Philly playing well and playing healthy, I'm, I have a hard time seeing them not making the playoffs. I mean, it's definitely too early, but our bread and butter is making calls early. Yeah. All right. That's what we're here for. So I say go for it. Uh, also, Orlando, uh, you should be doing better. But Philly is a much better team this year. They're a much, much better team. And they're proving that they're going to be difficult to beat. I know they have lost games, but they're going to be difficult to beat. They're going to go down to the wire with you. Yeah. Um, New England won, Toronto FC won. Um, I this is sort of a battle of the expected more department. I think most fans of both of these teams, I guess if you were to say, okay, if I had to, I will accept these results. But I think both fan bases expected more out of their teams when the season started. I'm, I'm going to take a slightly different take. Uh, obviously fans of new England expect more than this. You don't want a one, one draw at home, but with Toronto being on the road for eight matches, getting any kind of points, is good. That's I agree with you, but I guess what I'm saying is is that Toronto at, at times last year looked almost unbeatable. They they when when Javinko when the Javinko show is working, mm-hmm. that team is scary. And I certainly you, you got a result at Red Bulls to start the season. Great, good for you. But at the same time, since then you've gotten two points out of four matches. You, you I think if you're a Toronto fan, you're saying okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I know we started eight games on the road, but we got to get some points here and there. But uh, before true. the season, that's I guess true. I would say a uh, result at New England is not a bad thing. Well, and, and, and I want to keep uh, everybody in mind. They, they, they started last season away for multiple games, and at this point in the year, they only had three points. They'd racked up four losses by mm-hmm. this point in the year. So they're actually doing better than they were a year ago. Uh, let's just keep these things in mind. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, surprise result of the weekend for me. D.C. United 4, Vancouver Whitecaps nil. The Fabian Espindola show, uh, as it's otherwise called. Um, Espindola was, I think what happened with Fabian Espindola this week is that he realized that, yes, he's going to be the engine of this offense. But I think you're, you're going to see him going forward. 
using his team a little bit more. I, I feel like it was like watching some of the, the the Cleveland Cavaliers games from like eight or ten years ago when it was just LeBron, and in the entire offense was okay. Everybody get out of the way and have LeBron do something. I think that that was DC's sort of. It was DC's mantra for the first few games, and I think you're starting to see, you know, based on, on, on passing percentages, the team is starting to play a little bit better as a team. Because here's the thing. Espindola, when you have threats around him, mm-hmm. can dominate a game, as you just saw against Vancouver Whitecaps. I mean, 4-0? I did not see that coming. Vancouver, poor result. D.C. United, fantastic result. And at home, in front of how many people? 14,000. They didn't show up. 2-2, Dallas, San Jose. Yeah. I... I've... Going into this season, I thought Dallas was going to be the team to beat in the East. Based on In the, the East? Excuse me, in the West. Based on, based on how we've seen Seattle start playing, and frankly the fact that L.A. is nowhere near approaching the results that they, sh- they should be getting from the talent that they have. I think certainly the team in this match that's more thrilled with the result is San Jose. And I think San Jose, San Jose has sneakily gotten points out of four of their five matches. Oh, yeah. They've got two wins and two draws out of those matches. Yeah, and so if you're a San Jose fan, you know, I don't certainly don't think that you need to be saying, oh, yeah, we're going to go and finish first in the West. That, that's never been on the table. But I think right now, if you're San Jose and your goal is to, get, is to make the playoffs and then see what happens, you've got to be over the moon right now, considering oh, the results be, that you've been getting. Yes. Yeah, uh, things for, have to be looking very good. Yeah. You've, you played D.C., tough team to play against, as we just talked about. At FC Dallas, you get a result. You got a result against Portland, and you've gotten a result against Colorado. Uh, I think you're doing pretty well if you're San Jose Earthquakes. Meanwhile, FC Dallas, you know, certainly they're not playing poorly. They, they beat Montreal. They destroyed D.C. United. But they have back-to-back, you know, draws against Columbus, who's not really you know, playing that good of soccer right now. And San Jose, who last year were in, uh, you know, sort of the scrap for the last spot in the West the entire season. You certainly, they're not playing like front runners right now. Uh, I think you're being a little too harsh, FC Dallas. Um, They're only a point away from the top of the West, so it's not like, it's not a disaster. They have played an additional game, so I'm not saying you don't have any value in your argument but uh, i'm not pressing the panic button fc dallas is dangerous i I think what we're seeing once again is that they're a young team and young teams make mistakes and they do we i mean this is a team that can just as easily lose four nil i i guess what i'm saying is considering the form of some of the teams that you've played you now are facing a five-game stretch of at portland at uh, excuse me, against Sporting Kansas City, at Vancouver, at Red Bulls, at Toronto. And I, you would like to have a little bit more mo- momentum going into those matches. That's all I'm saying. Indeed, that is all you're saying. Because we're moving on, Alex. RSL 1, Colorado 0. RSL is undefeated this season, Jeff. That is so hard for me to believe. I know it's true. It's just so hard for me to believe. They are the only team that is undefeated right now. I think, I think what... What you're starting to see is that these players are starting to believe a little bit. Um, I, I, I think that the 
acquisition of the offseason might have been Yuramov Sissian returning to RSL? I mean, so far, that seems to be the big, big, uh, the big get for anybody. Even when he is not, like, he didn't score any goals in this game. Even when he's not scoring, they seem to play better with him there. I think he's an inspiring figure and an old RSL player. Uh, I think it's good to be home. And I think Salt Lake City is better than basically any place in Russia. In fact, write that down. I'd rather be in Salt Lake City than <laughs> Moscow. I I also think that having players that can can hold the ball up is so so valuable when you have a guy like Jao Plata on this team because Jao Plata is electric with the ball at his feet. He's he's so exciting to watch, and having some sort of having some players around him who can hold the ball up and who can be who can be a little bit more passive and allow his dynamism to really show itself at the forefront. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to get more bringing in a guy like Mopsisian is going to get more out of Plata. It's okay. exciting to see. It's exciting stuff to see. Very exciting. Your beloved oh, boys and girls New York City Football Club nil. <sighs> I was there of course, like I always Sh- am. Chicago Fire Soccer Club nil. We had 19 uh-huh. shots, Jeff. Wow. And no goals. Now, here's the thing. As amazing as – and I don't think any Chicago Fire fans will, will begrudge me by saying I think that NYCFC had the run of play. I, I think certainly New York City had the better chances of the two teams, except for the goal that wasn't. Um, in case you weren't watching, Gingers, the, the biggest point of controversy in this match – Besides the fact that Mark Geiger has gone from World Cup veteran referee to the laughing stock of MLS, I think both teams should be furious with Mark Geiger over some of the calls in this match. But was the goal that wasn't uh, a set piece goal that thought it happened there in in you know about the hour mark? Jonathan Campbell had the ball in the back of the net off a set piece, but he gets all the linesmen. And all of a sudden, it doesn't get it's, it. It gets waved off. Now, here's the thing: this, I've I've seen both ways on this in terms of what people are saying. Was there a player offside on this play? Yes, there was a player offside on this play. Did the player? You you can't tell me that the players who were offside did not be. They weren't part of the play. They certainly were part of the play. And Josh Saunders, the goalkeeper for NYCFC, had to react to those players. So. If that's how you're going to interpret the passive offside rule, then yeah, the play was offside. And and I guess they got it right if that's how you want to interpret it. But I guess if you're a Chicago Fire fan, the guy who scored the goal wasn't offside. He was onside. To me, it's a goal, and it's a bad call. See, I'm more 50-50. I can see both sides of the argument. Um, Because literally, the the, the guy offside, who, forgive me, I I don't remember who it was, but the guy offside, his chest was about an inch from the ball when it got hit into the net. If you're Josh Saunders, you have to respect that play, and that's what the passive offside rule is for. I... I looked at this thing. I've I've seen I've seen the replays. I've seen the whole thing. Uh, it really looks like it was a goal, and I think New York City FC fans should be thanking Mr. Geiger for letting you get a point out of this match. However, as you know, Gingers, I'd like to keep track of how New York City FC is doing point-wise, which is how they did last season, because I still don't approve that they fired Jason Christ for the reasons that they did. In the support of the City Football Group, they are one point ahead of where they were 
last year at this point. If I remember correctly, though, this is about the point last year when we went on an 11-game winless run. Not quite yet. You got one more draw. And I think I think we're now at the point where we're at to see what New York City's made of. Um, I, I, you know, so often last year you would see this type of performance from City where they had the run of play, um, they had the lion's share of possession, they had the lion's share of chances. But they would not only would they not get a draw, they would they, they would get a loss. They would they would lose the match. I think That's getting rich. points is not a bad thing. Yeah, it's not glamorous to get a draw at home, considering they haven't won a game at home yet. The only loss was away against these same Chicago Fire. Um, but uh, if you hang around in the East, you're probably going to make the playoffs. It's just the nature of MLS in 2016. So. We'll see how it plays out over the, the course of the season, you know, and, and if and when Lampard returns to the lineup, how he fits in, that's another talking point for a later show, but does he still play for this team? Allegedly he does. Uh, yeah, let's ugh. move on to your your dumpster fire team. LA Galaxy won, Portland Timbers won. Hey, dumpster Nigel DeYoung fire. ruined another player's career. I uh, saw that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. First, I have to defend the, the dumpster fire comment. At least the L.A. Galaxy have eight points. All right? You don't have that. Get out of here. De Jong, though, was completely in the wrong. That should have been a red. That shouldn't exist in the game. I don't care his claim of saying it's a 50-50 tackle. It is not. Well, I my stand point with is... Stuart Holden's comment on this, who was on the receiving end of a De Jong leg-breaking in the past. This man has done this before. This is ridiculous. By the time you hear this, genders, he will almost certainly have been suspended retroactively, which I fully support. This was always the concern about this player. Well, we made jokes, right? We made jokes when he came into the league. We were like, ha ha, he's going to break somebody's leg. And he, he almost, almost broke uh, Darlington Abbey's leg. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a joke. And I'll say this. The ball was a 50-50 ball. But then you almost broke a guy's leg. Like, yeah, it's a 50-50 challenge. And then you went in, studs up, and you stood on a guy's ankle, and you almost broke his leg. So the fact that the ball is a 50-50 ball does not excuse the challenge that you made for the ball. Not at all. And I know there have been a lot of complaints about how many cards have been given out this year this early. This is why you do this. Yeah, that's true. And the big disappointment for me is, like, this should have been a red card. Right, I know yeah. it's my considering team, some of the red cards, red card. Considering some of the red cards that we've seen in the league this season, and this one not being a red card, you that's sort of— That's what I don't Yeah, get. exactly. I agree. That's I agree what with I you all We have all of these other, like, studs up, two feet up uh, challenges that you get reds for now. And for some reason, this is a yellow? I don't understand Well, that. let me say this. I, I have no problem with, with the league's uh, renewed focus on— you know, scissoring action uh, challenges, studs up challenges, two feet challenges, that kind of thing. I think it's a good thing. But I think you also need to realize that there are players out there like a Nigel Young who have no regard for the health of another player. And they, that, is a, that is a challenge made with the express purpose of taking a player out of the match. It's inexcusable. I, I have this theory that with Nigel de Jong of uh, his entire career for challenges like this it's less of I'm actually trying to break this person's leg and more of I've completely lost control of myself like he's completely gotten that infuriated that 
tempered, that he's no longer behaving appropriately. That's not an excuse. I think the man has problems, and uh, perhaps he shouldn't be playing. This is a risk, and this, I mean, it's not like, oh, theoretically, he could break a leg. He's broken two people's legs. All right, so it's not two like, men's national team players legs. Yeah, it's it's not like oh people just say that'll happen. Like no, it's happened. It happened to Stuart He's Holden. He was never the same. No, he was and, never and the same. Stuart Holden, Gingers, if you're if you're fairly he new to this, he was um, at this game. if you were fairly new to the U.S. men's national team scene in American soccer, Stuart Holden with the you know he goes down in that sort of that same conversation with like a Charlie Davies of a these mm-hmm. people could have been. Legends of the American game, if not for unfortunate circumstances that happened to them, um, that led to injuries, and those players have not played the same since. I remember no. watching Charlie Davies play uh, at Azteca and scoring against Mexico, and I've been finally we have a forward who can play on the international stage and play this well. And I, I think there were many times in the late 2000s and the early 2010s that you thought the same about Stuart Holden. He was looking so good playing out there first for Houston and then later for Bolton Wanderers, where they loved him, by the way. And this oh, is when Bolton a was, huge fan a, favorite, yes. was a Premier League team. Let's not forget that. Uh, and Stuart Holm was playing great. It was a friendly where they, he got his leg broken by Nigel DeYoung uh, in 2010. Can you imagine that? A friendly a friendly. Why are you even playing that hard in a friendly? Who knows? Uh, breaks his leg. And for those of you who follow the Stuart Holden story, he, he fights very hard to get back uh, to health. He gets back to health, plays in the Gold Cup for the United States, and then gets injured again. Not a leg break, but gets injured again. Has to go through recovery again. And it's just not, it's just not the same. Yeah. It's not the same. Then he had to announce his retirement this year. He's still a young man. He might still be in his 20s, frankly. He's 30. Uh, Okay, did he just turn 30? Yeah. All right. But he's at an age like it wasn't inconceivable he would still be playing. So he was at this game for Fox Sports 1. He was calling this game. And he and had poor Mike McGee. I don't know if you watched the post-game interview. Mike McGee, they sort of made him answer questions about this challenge, about his, this t- challenge that his teammate made and all the, the negative aspects of that. And poor Mike McGee, he was trying to be political about it. But I think you could tell that Mike McGee – was like, yeah, I, I, I think this is a horrific challenge. I, I think Mike McGee felt yeah. bad for Darlington Nagby. He just couldn't say it. Yeah. He couldn't say it because of the situation he's in. But this is the risk the LA Galaxy took by signing this player. This wasn't like an unknown that stuff like this could happen. Uh, and also this had the uh, unfortunate side effect that this got, uh, this, this got MLS mentioned on Deadspin.com. Yet again, for a bad reason, but it got sports coverage. Uh, they were saying that this man should be in jail. I don't know if he should be in jail, but I also don't... Well, it's a website. (laughs) I think he should be on the bench. I think think he should be on the bench for a long time. Can we talk about someone coming off the bench? Oh. Christian Pulisic, depending on who you speak to. He says Pulisic, by the way. Oh, Pulisic. I do it his way. His way is the correct way. It's American. He's a first-team Dortmund player. Jeff? First team Dortmund player also on the on the topic of names I go with whatever the person whose name it is whatever they say it is that's exactly name. You, you get to pick it's your choice you get to pick. you get to pick anyway first team Dortmund huge club Bundesliga Alex how big is this I think it's huge I think I think the emergence and and, and frankly let, let, let's not forget lest we forget 
how mm. well Bobby Wood is playing in Germany, albeit obviously in the second division. But but you all of a sudden have two American players who were tearing it up in the German game. Um, he was Pulisic was very influential in what is probably the the most. Uh, fervent and hate, heated rivalry in Germany, which is that of Schalke against Dortmund. All of a sudden, he plays hero, uh, I think, uh, in, mm-hmm. in this match. And, and I think you're starting to see a, a, a real American darling. The yellow wall has already fallen in love with this kid. And I think the the more he plays, how can you start for Dortmund and and not have... Jurgen Klinsmann beating down your door every time there's an important oh, U.S. men's national team match. He's he going to get U.S. men's national team minutes all the time if he continues yeah, playing he, this way. If he keeps getting first team minutes, he's absolutely irregular. Absolutely irregular. I mean, Bobby Wood gets called in all the time. He plays in two Bundesliga. Uh, of course, of course, Christian's going to get called in. But I don't want to take anything away from Bobby Wood, who is now the highest scoring American in German football. Good for him. Alex, I've, I've got a theory, then I'll put it to a question for you. Uh, one, Bobby Wood is either going to be snatched up by a proper Bundesliga team or some other top-flight league in Europe. I, I don't see him staying in second division for much longer, frankly. But your thoughts, Alex? Do you see Bobby Wood leaving? Do you see his team getting promoted? Do, what, what, are you, what, are you, what are you thinking? Or does Bobby Wood stay because you're in a good place where you're scoring goals now? I think I think he's going to get snatched up because I think he's going to become too valuable to hold on to uh, mm-hmm. for a two Bundesliga team. I I, I think his brand of play um, he actually reminds me a lot of a young Charlie Davies in terms of of how he plays. He's he's good with the ball at his feet, but he's also he's he's obviously has a lot of pace and he's not afraid to run at a guy, which is really really exciting to see for a forward. He he will run directly at you and he'll force you to try to make a play and then he'll play around you. Um, I think his style of play plays well in a lot of the European leagues. I think, I think he would fit right in in an English team, but I also think that that type of play can be particularly effective in a, in a league like the Italian league or the French league where there's not nearly as physical. I think he could have a standout career in one of those leagues simply because of how physically he is and how, how unafraid he is to drive at players. Personally, I want him to stay in Germany. I would love to see him go to a Bundesliga side. Uh, in Union Berlin, I just double checked. They're in seventh in the table, so they're not, they're not, not getting. Promoted, yeah, they're not getting promoted. They're not going down, but they're they're not getting promoted. So it's only a matter of time before someone opens up the checkbook. And what is Union Berlin going to say? We don't want your money. I would love to see. Uh, a midfield forward pairing for BVB of Pulisic and Bobby Wood. <laughs> I, mean, I would, but I don't see. That I happening. would be buying both jerseys pronto if they oh, both played man. for uh, Dortmund. Or maybe I could buy one, and you could get the other one, and we could sort of have our our dual yellow kits. <laughs> I would do it because that's so horrible. Yeah, yeah, that's such a nerdy and horrible thing. We would absolutely do it. I don't see him going to Dortmund. I, he, he would probably be looking at a mid table or lower team. But uh, that would still be a team that could give Union Berlin an offer that they cannot refuse. Ways that you can get in touch with us, Gingers. At How can they do that? Uh, several ways. At Straight Red Pod on Twitter, that's the show. Uh, at Jeff is Famous on Twitter, that's Jeff. At Alexis Kibler mm. on Twitter, that's me. The S stands for suddenly buying Bundesliga jerseys. What was wrong with Scotland? I like Scotland. 
Good job, Rangers. Uh, straight Red at iCloud.com, Straight Red Podcast on Instagram, and Straight Red on Facebook. Jeff, it's now time for everyone's favorite part of the show, Quiet Time with Jeff. Jeff, what do you have for the Gingers out there this evening? Gingers, if you have an important thing you're supposed to do, and you specifically booked a flight to get to the <laughs> important thing you're supposed to do, and your flight gets canceled, uh-huh. and you decide, well... I guess I'm going to have to drive, and you rent a car, and you drive five and a half hours to New York. Yeah. It's probably a bad idea, but it's the best possible idea, and you've got to make the most of tough situations. It also cost me $15.50 in tolls. Ridiculous. It's expensive to drive through here. Um, I Let me say this. I don't want to take away from quiet time with Jeff, but... I also want to say, it was a pleasure having you in my home for three days, Jeff Ross. Oh, look at that. The team was, was back together again. Was it because you didn't see me? I never saw him, Gingers. He, he was like a, a shadow in the night. <laughs> I never once saw him. Um, much like other people that I care about. Go forth in soccer, Gingers. That had a sad twist at the end. <laughs> I just want to leave people on like a morose note. Just like, oh, wow, he says a sad little man. <laughs> that, that would be, if I was listening to this, I'd be like, wow. Wow, someone, someone hug that man. But Jeff, we all know you don't listen to the show. I sometimes listen to the show. Define <laughs> sometimes. Uh, you know, maybe every couple of months. <laughs> <laughs>